Hi, Anya. Greetings, Jared. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me on the podcast. No problem. Very excited for this episode. Uh, we're getting up there. We've we've had a couple episodes so far. We've gotten some great feedback, and each one just they, they're all fun. They're all a lot of fun, and uh, glad to uh, keep being able to do them. So, um, why don't we get right into it? I would love if you could tell the audience a little bit about your background, and then we'll go into some questions and good conversation. Sure. And thank you again, Jared, for having me. And I really appreciate you having this healthcare platform. Um, I think it's very informative and very cool what you're doing. Um, But a little bit about me. My name is Anya Diane. I am actually a first generation um, American. I'm Russian and African. Originally from Maryland, I got my bachelor's of nursing from Boston College. And I'm currently a second-year nursing PhD student at Duke University, uh, hoping to graduate in 2021. And uh, how's the PhD program been so far? It has been great. Um, It has been definitely trying. I would definitely say it's reminiscent of nursing school. A lot of crying and tears and trying to figure it out but in the end you kind of bring it together and you know just at the end of the day you know what you're doing is for your patients and that's kind of what you know keeps me motivated um to give a little bit more background about myself i have been very fortunate to kind of have a varied nursing career um i've been able to work in the surgical icu in the or and as a nursing informaticist And my path actually wasn't linear at all. Um, Like I said, I went to Boston College for undergrad. I graduated. As you know, it snows a lot in Boston. And after that, I was like, I never want to see snow again. Where can I move? Um, That nurses are well paid and the ratios are good. And I was like, oh, okay, California. So I went out there without a job. And I was applying for nursing jobs, and I really wanted to work in the ICU because my mother is an ICU nurse. Um, And so I was like, that's it. I'm going to ICU or nothing else. Uh, And I'm going to, and I decided I wanted to work at UCLA. Um, Unfortunately, when I was applying, they weren't hiring any new grad nurses because they were um, implementing Epic. So they were going a hiring freeze, and I was devastated. And I was like, shoot, what am I going to do? I started applying applying to a lot of other places. But at the same time, I didn't give up on UCLA. I, you know, kept looking at the website, kept communicating with them. And they were actually hiring um, something called like super users for the Epic installation. So that's kind of nurses that would help other nurses with the system. Um, I went ahead, interviewed for the job, and I got it. And so from there, I was actually able to work with the nurses at UCLA, teach them Epic and network and get my first ICU job. Um, So in that, you know, I can relate with a lot of nurses coming out of nursing school and not being able to find a job, feeling lost and everything. But, you know, in the end, I I found that it works itself out. Interesting. So you mentioned your mom was uh, an ICU nurse. Uh, is that 
the main driver why you wanted to be a nurse period or was there some more to that honestly yes and as cliched as it sounds my mother is you know my hero my inspiration um she was a single mom she was going to nursing school and there's three of us i was i remember i was entering 8th grade and she was doing some um nursing home care for some elderly russian Uh, ladies and she would bring me along when she did some of her home care visits and in that that's when I was kind of you know the first lens I got into nursing and to kind of seeing that patient nurse interaction and being kind of like what is this I, I really like this you know just seeing the satisfaction my mom felt in helping people and you know being able to really be an advocate for them because for a lot of her patients they didn't speak English there were elderly. Um, it was something that, you know, was very cool for me to see as well as something I, you know, normally did for my grandma. So I was like, oh, this is nursing. This is cool. You know, I'm going to get into this. And my mom really motivated me and pushed me, um, to get into nursing. Interesting. Now that was going to be another question I was going to ask you, uh, who had the biggest influence on you. So it sounds like that was your mother. Yeah, it was my mother. She she had the biggest influence on me getting into nursing. Um, however, through my mom, I only, you know, knew ICU nursing. It was when I actually went to nursing school, um, the dean of Boston College Nursing School, Dean Reed, during that time was a huge influence on me. And one of the larger reasons I'm getting my PhD today Um, Before meeting Dean Reed, I didn't even know a nurse could get a PhD, let alone do research or what any of that meant. Um, She was able to mentor me undergrad. I was, you know, struggling with my nursing grades, as I'm sure a lot of nursing students can attest to. And Dean Reed was kind of, you know, a huge motivator for me. She always believed in me. And she actually, senior year, um, ended up hiring me as a research assistant. I worked um, during my senior year of nursing school. And through that, I was able to actually see what nursing research is, see the difference it makes. And, you know, from there on, I was motivated to then, you know, pursue a career of research. Interesting. Do you do you know Dr. Tiffany Kelly? Uh, That name sounds so familiar. She was on uh, one of our first three podcasts, and so she's a nurse who has her PhD in healthcare informatics. Oh, oh, I, yes, I do know about her because of Nightingale apps. Yes. Yes. Yep. That's, that was the discussion we had with her on that. Um, Yes, definitely. It's it's interesting because I see very similar paths um, for why, you know, why you wanted to get into everything and. And is that ever, is that an interest to you, potentially starting some, um, a business in the healthcare space one day based upon some of your research, or is that something off the table? Yeah, so it's interesting that you brought that up. I've actually have heard about Tiffany Kelly, um, obviously going to Duke, and I'm focusing on healthcare informatics, kind of mobile health. Um, she's definitely been a name that's brought up, especially her dissertation. So that did give me something to think about, you know, before that I kind of, you know, as nurses, I don't, I wouldn't say we're primed to think about, you know, opening our own businesses or kind of going industry. And she was an example, um, 
especially in listening to your podcast of how that is something that can be, you know, successfully done and something that as nurses, I think we, we should look more at. Um, I think for me right now, my focus is research. And, you know, once I get my kind of grounding and foundation, I definitely want to look into, you know, something like applications because there are tons of health apps out there. Um, a million. However, Research shows a lot of them are ineffective. A lot of them are not used by patients and don't really help, you know, patients' healthcare or health status. And I would be definitely interested in getting into industry and kind of changing it with the research we find in the nursing care in that field to then support what's being done in industry. So that's definitely an avenue I would want to look into in the future. So when you're finished with your PhD, program you're going to go into academia so right now that is my you know plan (laughs) and goals um I'm I'm very open because my you know journey has not been linear like I said I went I'm going from BSN to PhD I'm very open to kind of whatever comes my way I've learned that you know things will come to you if you work hard and you know you pursue things you're passionate about Um, I'm open to whatever in research, but academia, I would love to venture into, because like I said, I had Dean Reed as a mentor. And I think that what's important, not only in nursing is to also give back to the field of nursing and to kind of push forward the next generation of nurses. I wouldn't be where I am at all if it wasn't, you know, for all the nursing greats shoulders that I'm standing on. And I you know, want to be able to do that for my peers as well and for nurses to come. So that's my thought process into getting into academia, um, as well as being a nurse and a nurse researcher of color. I think it's very important to reflect the diversity we have within nursing. And, you know, we talk a lot about cultural congruency and stuff. That's important as well in academia and, you know, teaching. Interesting. Now, I want to talk a little bit about this because that's how I first got in contact with you and we started to get to know one another, is how important... Hi, Anya. Hello. Hey, sorry. I'm so I sorry. Lost I don't you. know what happened. No, no worries. I, I was just saying before we got broken up that I, I wanted to talk a little bit, not, not much, but a little bit about social media. And I know it's important in life now it's a big focal point of everyone's lives but i want to talk about how do you think it's important in social media how do you think it should be used and uh, and talk a little bit about that sure so thank you for bringing that up i think that's super important and actually um something you wouldn't normally think about is it important in healthcare social media but in today's day and age that's honestly how we communicate That's how information is passed along. Um, And a lot, I think, in nursing academia, we're starting to take notice of things like social media in terms of, you know, translating evidence even, um, which sounds crazy. But I have a professor here at Duke University, um, Dr. Melissa Batchelor-Murphy. She does research on hand feeding techniques with the elderly. And she does a lot with social media as well. And she had uploaded some of her 
hand feeding techniques online and some health system ended up finding it and instituting it and actually increasing um, their feedings with the elderly in their program. And so that was a direct result of social media. And so to me, it's evident that, you know, we're communicating in these ways and we're translating evidence in these ways, we should be using it further. Um, Like I said, to highlight, for example, in my case, minorities within the medical field to let other people know, you know, there is a space for you here, you can do it, come on, cultural congruency is important um, to spread these messages. So I'm really thankful for social media, actually, because I've, you know, been able to connect with a lot of amazing healthcare people in healthcare, you know, connect with you in this podcast, connect with other nurses and just other people, you know, wanting to get into healthcare. Oh, that's a great answer. I, I agree with you. I'm a big fan uh, of all these surgeons that post their like plastic surgeries mm-hmm. and all these other things. It's actually when I first started watching like <laughs> things like that, I couldn't do it. But I think there's something to be said about just the more you see it, the less like iffy you feel mm-hmm. about it. Like it, it's it's not. I mean, probably if I saw some of this in real time, like right mm-hmm. there, it might affect me differently. Mm-hmm. But uh, it, it's it's pretty cool. I, I like seeing that type of stuff in social media. I like the positive mm-hmm. messages, like you're saying. There's just so many ways that it can be used, especially in healthcare. Mm -hmm. And I'm glad to see it being used more and more. Yeah. And it's interesting that you say that, you know, you like to see the videos of the surgeries and stuff. And, you know, we're finding out even in research is that just having that information easily accessible to people in the public makes people impact healthcare. Now, you know what that procedure is, or now you know where to find more information and so on. And, you know, I'm, very excited um there's a lot of ugly in social media but i'm excited to find the good and connect with the good such as yourself yeah there it's uh like i know i would feel better seeing one of these surgeries happen if i had to get a surgery Mm -hmm. like that so it it is it is pretty interesting Mm -hmm. it's pretty cool overall what do you like most about doing research honestly i am the child that was always like why why is it this way why is it not that way why is it this way and research is just kind of an educated um acceptable way of doing that uh I think that you know the biggest thing that I didn't understand when I was coming up as a nurse and I think in healthcare in general is that research kind of drives everything we do what we do, why we do, because there was research that was done that showed that this is the best way to do it. And if there's not, then that gives more space for people like me who are curious to figure out why. Um, And I think it's, it's just such a cool field because for something like health informatics, which is so new and still developing in precision health and things like that, I'm able to kind of be on the forefront with the people that are discovering new things in the field of healthcare and are going to ultimately be, you know, changing healthcare and implementing policy and doing things like that. So for me, once I understood that everything we do is originated or hopefully is originated in some kind of research and evidence and facts, 
I got really interested in, you know, how can I be a part of that? How can I, um, you know, figure out answers for the problems that I see as a nurse through research and advocate for our patients? You know, Florence Nightingale is always uh, regarded as, you know, kind of the first nurse and the best nurse, but she did nursing research as well and figuring out, you know, what's the best, you know, climates for her patients. You know, she figured out, you know, fresh air and so on. And, you know, it's just really cool to be a part of that. Very interesting. So you were one of those why. I was kids, so huh? curious, you know, and especially even in, you know, school and healthcare, we learn, okay, you give an injection this way. Well, then, you know, two years later, you learn, no, this is the best way to give an injection. And the reason it was changed was because someone said, why are we doing it that way? There has to be better ways. And research was done. And, you know, we found out better options for our patients. Um, as well as research, I think, is, is important in changing healthcare. Uh, healthcare used to be very much about, you know, the healthcare provider and you did whatever the doctor told you to. Uh, I'm excited to see that now, you know, patients are getting more empowered with their own decisions. And I think that in research, we're focusing more on the patient view of health and healthcare, which is an exciting time. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's definitely interesting to see the patient becoming more empowered in the decision making process and, and and having a say throughout that process, mm-hmm. which is pretty cool because like you said, in the past, it was more, this is what we're doing, not what do you think about it? You're, this is what we need to do. Mm-hmm, for sure. So what, what advice, Anya, would you give aspiring nurses or nurses that are in school right now, not necessarily going for their bachelor's in nursing right now? So um, one of the biggest advices I can give, there's two. One, and this sounds so simple, but honestly, is to reach out when you need help. Um, I can speak for healthcare providers, especially nurses. We never ask for help. We can always do everything on our own. And I think we take that in a lot of aspects of our life. Um, I know in undergrad nursing school, I was struggling. I was struggling. (laughs) And I did not ask for help until the last minute, basically, until I just couldn't deal with it anymore. And at that point, you know, all these resources became available. I realized, you know, there's always a nursing mentor to help you. There's someone who's who's been where you are, basically. So to kind of know that what you're dealing with is not, it's never just you. It's never, you know, a single kind of situation. There's definitely someone who's been through it before who can offer some help or knowledge. So the biggest things I would say is to reach out when you need help. And one of the things I didn't learn until late in my career is to seek out mentors um, because that's truly how you're going to get that advice you need and advice that's like sound. Um, Being in a program, I'm seeing a lot of people who I look up to, researchers, deans of nursing schools, you know, famous nurses such as the Surgeon General. A lot of them had mentors to get, or all of them had mentors to get to where they are. And so I think it's important to know that you can't do it yourself, that you need someone, you know, to share that knowledge with you. And then you have to go back and share that knowledge with someone else so that you continue the cycle on. 
Um, I think that's kind of the biggest advice I would give to nurses is to seek out a mentor, but at the same time, make sure you're mentoring someone else. It, it doesn't have to be someone younger than you. It can be, you know, a lateral mentor, whereas just maybe you're helping someone out on your unit or your class or something kind of, you know, share and collaborate. Oh, that's great advice. That's, that's great advice. Uh, where can people learn more about you, follow you on social media? Sure. Um, so people can check me out on Instagram at nurse.anya, Anya. You can also check out www.nurseanya.com. Um, like I said before, I am interested in highlighting minorities within the medical field. So I do do a little bit of platform highlighting. Um, it's called Melanin in Medicine. So people can check that out as well. And like I said, I'm, I'm very open to mentoring. So if anyone has any questions or would like to know about nursing informatics, healthcare, PhD research, they can definitely reach out to me. Great. Great. And I'll, uh, I'll put the social links in the show notes so people can check that out okay, as well. Okay, great. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Have thank a you for day. having me. And again, I really appreciate the platform you're creating for everyone. Thank you so much. Appreciate the support. Very excited for uh, this episode Yay! and the many others that Yay, will Yay, go slice of healthcare. <laughs> Thanks. Well, have a great day. Thank you so much. Thank you to everyone who tuned in for another episode of Slice of Healthcare. Please be sure to... Follow us on our social channels. On pretty much every social channel, it's at Slice of Healthcare. On Twitter, it's at Slice of HC. We don't use that much, but we will answer if anyone tweets at us or sends us a message there. Also, for those of you that are listening on iTunes, please be sure to head over to iTunes, leave us a rating slash review. We'd really appreciate the support and feedback. And if you're interested in being a guest on the podcast, please reach out at uh, slice of healthcare at gmail.com or send us a message on Instagram or any of our other channels and we'll get right back to you. Thanks and everyone have a great day. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Slice of Healthcare. I'm your host, Jared Taylor. We are on episode number 15 and our guest today is Nurse Anya, an ICU registered nurse and Duke PhD student. We're going to have a lot of fun. She is a super passionate person always happy and I'm so excited to have her on so without further ado let's bring her on the podcast you just heard was published with anchor got something you want to say to the creator of this show send them a voice message using the anchor app free for iOS and Android